You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. All right, everyone, we're back with the Sewing and Growing podcast with Jay and Jay and many special guests we've had on this podcast, but it's the inaugural visit. Hopefully, we get to have him back, but we have Pastor Mark Brzee. In the upper room, which <laughs> suits you room. very well, sir. <laughs> my, my favorite place. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Is it too cold up here for you? I'm great. We're no, good. Sometimes I'm the upper good. room can get a little cold, not because there's a lack of the presence, but yeah. In the winter months, <laughs> the uh, the heat does not rise into this room very well, and many times we have cold feet. Not to do the podcast, but in the natural, we have cold feet up in this room. But <laughs> we're doing well today, and we're super excited. Uh, well, I can't speak on behalf of Pastor Mark and Pastor Jonathan, but I'm super excited. We're going to have a great discussion today. We're mm-hmm. going to shoot the breeze around, but it's all going to be based around God and uh, ministry and what God's doing in the world. So how can we not go right with this podcast? Uh, yeah, I think that's the only direction it can go, <laughs> right and up. And I really like, I was talking to you last night and you, you really said, hey, I like it to just be natural. I don't like a script. And that's right up my alley because most of my life is unscripted. So (laughs) I'm excited to talk about the things of God with you this morning. That's how I live. With no script. The the unscripted part, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm in with you. I think that's the name of maybe your new book, Unscripted. I hadn't thought about that. but By Mark Brzee. I'll I'll take it under advisement. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Well, we've uh, we've opened this podcast up. Why don't you just uh, share a little bit about yourself or anything you want to share about? Okay. All right. <laughs> Anything. The, the door's wide open there. Yeah. All right. Unscripted. Unscripted. <laughs> Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was um, uh, I was in college, Michigan State University. Okay. Um, pretty much uh, trying to stay away from God, uh, and uh, uh, heading mm, potentially into the medical field, and um, uh, not real serious about anything at the time, though. And went to a meeting, grew up in church, but wasn't real interested. Uh, guy invited me to a meeting. I went, walked an aisle, prayed a prayer, made Jesus Lord in my life, and everything started turning around. And uh, I I knew from the time I was uh, probably second grade, I knew that God had something for me to do. I just didn't know if I wanted to do it. So mm-hmm. when I made that decision, all that came floating back up, and I thought, well, I got something to do, but I, I have no clue how this works. So it's been the journey since then, and that's been a few years ago, yeah. like many years ago. Well, that's not pertinent information. We don't have to get into how many years <laughs> No, ago. we're leaving that one alone, yes. <laughs> we're going to leave that unscripted, but yeah. I think that's part of your whole life, and mm-hmm. it's interesting that you've mentioned the unscripted portion, but you're very big on being led by the Spirit of God, and yes, yeah. that's how you've lived your life, just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's it. That's so it. That, I believe that's the most important subject for the believer. Being led by the Spirit Being of God. Being led by the Spirit of God. And yes. I, I probably should know this, but I'm going to allow you to say it in your words. Why is that the most important mm-hmm. subject that a believer should get after? Well, you know, you look through the scriptures and, and uh, the Apostle Paul, he's my hero. You know, second to Jesus, he's, he was mm-hmm. the first missionary to Europe. He, he's the only, the only guy I found in the New Testament that was bold enough to make the statement, I've fought the good fight, I kept the faith, and I finished my course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw him encouraging others to finish what God had called them to do. But he's the only one I've been able to find that said, I've done it, now I'm ready to go. And, uh, you know, so in his writings, he just said, uh, uh, 
he said in Acts 20, he said, uh, now behold, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me, wait for me there. Um, save the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying bonds and afflictions are waiting for me, but none of these things move me. I don't even count my life dear to myself mm -hmm. that I might finish my course with joy. His whole focus in life was to do what God had asked him to do. And so to me, it's like, you know, what else is there? Just find what God wants, do what God wants. If you're led by the spirit, you know, you're going to run into stuff, but um, you can avoid a lot of issues mm -hmm. in life if you just let the spirit of God guide yeah. you. I love that just little phrase, what else is there? And I think that we need to get to that place as believers. There's so many things pulling for our time and our attention. We get drawn away. You know, the Bible tells us we get drawn away by our own desires. But getting to that spot where you're just like, what else is there? I've lived that kind of life. And I'm telling you what, man, being led by the spirit is the way to go. That's the right direction. I'm still getting there. Yeah. Um, but I love I love that you said that, man. What else is there yeah. except to be led 100% by the yeah. Spirit of God? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, nobody nobody hits it 100% of the time. You know, nobody's going to say, I have never missed God. I've never missed the never missed the plan, never missed the... What. Nobody can honestly say that. You know, we've all had to back up and go, oops, made a wrong turn there. You know, didn't quite follow the leading there. Uh, some things catch me off guard every now and then. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is it's a... It's a it's a learning curve and a growing process, but what a ride. Yeah. It reminds me of that old hymn, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way yeah. to be happy in Christ Jesus than to trust and obey. That's it. And that comes down to that. Yeah. That's pretty much what you're saying. Listen, yeah. trust, and obey the voice. Yeah. Yes. Praise God. You know, I, I've always been intrigued by you because... You're not always here. You're not here in the staff meetings. You're not here throughout the week, but I've worked here ever since I was 16 years old. It's the only job I've ever had. Wow. And uh, Pastor Mark has shared numerous times of the impact you've had in his life, starting all the way back when for a short time you were his youth pastor. Yes. Yeah. And right now I'm currently the youth director here at NCC. And I go, look at this fruit, man. Look at the yeah. fruit from Pastor Mark Brzee. And Pastor Mark said quite a few of those students in that youth group stayed on fire for God and followed. Mm. And I'm, I'm very interested in just, I want to get into this. And Pastor Jonathan has a different direction, but I want to get after this right now. <laughs> fire away. Right now, I'm talking about revival. Yes, right. I'm like, but my youth go. students, they're always asking that question. How can I know it's God's voice? How do I know it's my voice? And it's this... Subject that you could talk about, but keeps coming up and up. Uh, during that time, because Pastor Mark got on fire for God, how do you teach young persons? Because I understand not everyone listening to this podcast is a youth leader, but many deal with children. How do you start to deal with a child or a teenager on how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to follow that voice? That's a great question. <laughs> and you know, it's really, you know, honestly, it, it, uh, it shouldn't be that difficult. You know, yeah. uh, Romans eight fourteen. for as many as yeah. are led by the Spirit of Generally. God, they are the sons of mm -hmm. God. It ought to be automatic. And I think what happens a lot of times, um, I'll say this, I think a lot of times, I, I'll back up a step. There's a there's a, a, a minister, he's been in heaven for a number of years now, but um, some folks may have heard of him, uh, Dr. T.L. Osborne. Mm -hmm. And um, he lived in Tulsa and we had, we ended up uh, meeting him and getting a lot of time with him. Very number, cool. number of years back. And I remember talking to him one time and 
And I asked him about something he did and how he happened to go to a certain nation or something. And he said, well, you know, he said, the, the Lord told me to go. He said, well, no, wait a minute. Wait, no, I need to back that up. He said, that misleads people. He said, I saw, I, he said, we all do that. We say, God spoke to me. God told me. But he said, honestly, honestly, if I was accurate, I'd say I was impressed to do this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I changed my life right here. Here's the guy that probably... Um, History tells us he probably saw more people saved, more people healed, more miracles than any other human ever walked on earth. Wow. And yeah. he didn't say that, but it's been said. And uh, and to hear a guy like that, I say, oh, you know, how did you hear from God? He's, well, I just seemed to be impressed to do this. Wow. And I thought, well, whatever you did, it worked pretty well. Yeah, I, I love that. I think so many times as believers, we are waiting for the thus saith the Lord. Yeah. We're waiting for the clouds to part. Not to say that he can't speak like that, but we yeah. see these accounts in the Bible and we think God has to repeat that specific instance for me to know it's him. Yeah. But I love that. I was impressed to yeah. do that. There was an unction. There was a, a certain persuasion I just had on the inside. And I think that's going to help a lot of believers in making decisions. Not that you count out the thus say it, the Lord moments, but that's right. it's the still small voice. He lives on the inside of you. So there's going to be a gentle leading, yeah. an impression. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, stop, think about it. Yeah. There, especially in the Old Testament, the word of the Lord would come. And, you know, I mean, sometimes it was a, it was a almost an audible voice yeah. and things like that. But, but, you know, I, I think a lot of times we, we make the statement right. and, you know, talking about how do I, how do I teach young people? How do I teach my kids? How do I teach people how to be led? And I think the first thing is to help them to understand that it's not going to be an audible voice. You know, mm-hmm. people so many times say to me, you know, uh, God never talks to me. And I said, we never promised to talk to you, but he did, he did promise to lead you. Oh, that's, that's good. good. Will you say that again? <laughs> that's worth to. saying again. <laughs> yeah. he, he never, I tell, I've told people many times, I said, God never promised to talk to you, but he always, he, he promised to lead you. Mm. And for myself, probably, I mean, there have been times, there have been times there has been the word of the Lord's come to me. There have been times when it's almost an audible voice, and I had to look around and see if somebody was there a few times. Mm. But for every one of those, there's been probably uh, two or 3,000 leadings. And the leadings just an, it's an inward, it's just a gut feeling. It's, it's a, the yeah. it's inward a witness, witness. The inward, right. exactly. It's just not a voice. It's an, it's an inward knowing, just something in your mind may go, I don't understand this. I don't get right. this, but I got, I, I know in my knower. Right. I know in my knower. I, you know what's coming up and I'm thinking of is human nature. We love the spectacular. We yeah. love the yeah. amazing. Those are the stories we want to hear. But we sometimes we miss out on the supernatural when we're just looking for the spectacular. And there's something <laughs> very supernatural about the inward witness, yeah. the impression of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, if you're faithful with little, I'm not saying the impression of the Holy Spirit yeah. is little, but if you're faithful with that and you recognize it as the leading, which is promised of the Holy Spirit, you may open up access to experience more for God because your spiritual antennas are up yeah. and you start seeing yeah. fruit. So the starting place is to just say, hey, you're going to be impressed. You're going to feel a movement. You're going to feel a pull. You're going to feel a draw. Follow that. Listen, obey, and it'll grow from there. Yeah. And if you just keep doing that, it's a learning curve. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you wait to get le- to be led on the big things, then you're not real confident when you get there. But if you let, if you just follow these leadings on a regular basis, you know, mm-hmm. something inside just, uh, you know, uh, I just, I just feel like I've, I've got this stirring inside. I need to call somebody and encourage them. 
well, that's not any big deal. And if you miss it, you're not going to hurt anybody. But sometimes right. you just get these small leadings mm-hmm. and and you go, and, and somebody, you call them up and they go, oh man, I was really in a bad place. I needed somebody to call. And you go, wow, I nailed it that time. Yeah. And you attribute it. Thank you, Lord, for <clears throat> leading me in that yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah. And then good. you're stronger the next time you go, I, last Come time on. I nailed yeah. it, next time it's going to be better. Praise right. God. I think missing it when you're trying to hit is a totally different ball game than than not even trying to take a swing. And I think about baseball, which um, our pastor is really into. <laughs> yes. And yes. Uh, he was my coach in high school. And I remember um, we would get in huge trouble if we struck out looking, which was mean we're not even taking a swing at the pitch. Uh-huh. We'd be running suicides next practice if we struck out looking. Hold Big difference if then you striking out swinging because you're trying to hit the ball. And I think about a verse I can't know I don't know the exact reference. I think it's in Isaiah. It talks about the glory of the Lord being your rear guard. Yeah, and I love that because when you're trying to be led by Him and make decisions based on His leading, when you miss it, trying to hit it, yeah, that's when the grace of God comes in. That's when He's really your rear guard and He protects you. Good word. Um, I Good love word. that. Good word. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) There was a, uh, years ago, um, I was making, I was really making some really major decisions in ministry. And, uh, I was doing a meeting at a church in, uh, in the way down in uh, Alabama, I believe it was. And, uh, I was just, the pastor and I were talking. He said, I've got a minister's meeting this afternoon. You can stay in the hotel and get ready. You can come. I said, I'm coming. And he's just talking to a group of ministers. And he said, you know, he said, uh, uh, he said, the Lord really dealt with me, helped me with something. He said, uh, he said, I was making some decisions a while back. And he said, he said, it just rolls up in me. Anytime you miss it, trying to obey me, I'll cover for you. Yeah. And uh, I thought, wow, I've never heard that before. All I'd heard was if you miss it, you're going to be in bad trouble, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but, you know, I was making some real decisions in that one phrase. Uh, and I thought, well, okay, is that in the Bible? And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, here's Peter. Jesus is walking in the water. Mm-hmm. Peter says, if that's yeah, you, call, I want to come to you. Jesus, says, Jesus said, come on out. And he jumped out, but he saw the wind boisterous. He got into fear, started to sink. Jesus didn't say, swim back, man, you missed it. <laughs> he went over, got him, pulled him back on top of the water yeah. and walked back to the boat with him. And, uh, you know, it's like, that helped me. That's helped me many times in the last 25 years that, mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you miss it, trying to obey God, uh, if, if you do doing your best to hear from him and you miss it, God's got a lot of room to cover for you. Yeah. Praise God. Awesome. Uh, I have a question that I think would be great for this podcast. You always carry the heart of revival every mm-hmm. time you come here and it's awesome. Yeah. We, we appreciate that. And it, it awakens the church, you know, will you just share those two uh, definitions of revival on the podcast because I really appreciated those. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Well, and I will back up and say that mm-hmm. um, you know what what happens here at this place doesn't happen everywhere we go. Really, really, uh, it's because first of all, your pastor carries that, and so therefore the church carries that. Yeah. So it makes it easy. Uh, it makes it easy to step into you know beginning stages of. We want to call it revival or whatever. Uh, you know, it just makes the difference if people are hungry. And yeah. this is a place where they are. It makes a world of difference. Praise God. But um, um, revival, um, one man defined it as uh, it's, a, um, it's a restoration of the presence of God. It's not just 
a lot of people getting healed or a lot of people getting saved. That should be in it. But revival really is more defined as uh, a restoration of the presence of God. You know, revive. Revive would be to live. Um, And revive means if you kind of fell away from the kind of lifestyle you have, you get revived. And uh, so uh, revival being a restoration of the presence of Mm -hmm. God. One fellow said, to the degree the community knows God's there without anybody saying a word. I like that. I do too. That means it gets so strong. You don't have to tell people, you know, God's doing good things at our church. People are running because they it's know. It's beyond s- our human yeah. effort to try to make God known. Yeah. Yeah. It's God making himself known. He's got ways of doing that. Yeah. He does. And a revival and, leads to awakening, right? Because revival is really more for the church. For the church. Like, like you said that they'll know without you even telling them. And yeah. then that leads to an awakening um, for, the, for you know, the unbelievers the around. That's right. Lost. That's yeah. right. And that's what it's all about. But it's hard to awaken the world if you don't revive the church right. amen to that it's got to start in the beginning so and the other one you said the two the other one was about the, um, the going inrush. through the corpse yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. in in rush of the spirit into a mm-hmm. body that threatens to become a corpse Oof. i mean you go back through i mean 1800 it looked like it looked like the church was looked like america was dying and it looked like the church was dead uh 1850 same thing about we've we've had this in our nation a lot of times much less the rest of the world mm-hmm. and um uh, Boy, about the time it looks like the church is just, it's its over, dead, gone, you know. Prime candidate for revival. Mm-hmm. Prime candidate. The worse it looks, the the, the, the more we build. The more I mean, it right burn. Now, right now, you know, uh, uh, dry wood always burns better. Come on. <laughs> Come on. That's true. So, yeah. So, so where I was going with that wasn't just to get you to share those two definitions. Where I was going with that is Pastor Mark has said it, our Pastor Mark, and yeah. you've said it, that the prophecy that came from Brother Hagen was that the next revival would be through strong local churches. Yeah. And I'll be honest, you said something yesterday, and I think it's not one or the other. It's not a dichotomy, but it's a clear distinction. You said, I've studied that it's strong local churches, not necessarily yeah. large local churches. Whenever I think of strong mm. local church, I, I think, think of large. a big one. Yeah. But then it made me think, what's a strong local church? Mm. Now, here's the deal, Pastor Mark. We have... Uh, the local church listening to this podcast on their way to work. And it's great when I talk to a minister and ask them how they minister, but what does a strong local church look like? And what's the responsibility in the body, not the pastoral staff, but the body Mm. to be a strong local church. And I'll just say this. I don't know if you remember, (laughs) but about three or four years ago, you came and you pointed at pastor Mark and you said, Mm. it's about 30% that you're pulling from him. And I thought, oh, man. man, you said there's like 70% more that's available if you can wow. access it. So I, don't, just... I don't remember that, but I <laughs> Do believe you. Remember you. That? I absolutely remember so that. You, so out of the mouth of two or yeah. three witnesses. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> you put the pressure on the congregation. Yeah. You said, you ain't, you ain't pulling nearly enough. And but, I'm thinking to myself, it's pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, But, but if what, we're only pulling on 30. So here you wow. go. I know it's not a pressure and an obligation for the congregation where there isn't a grace to do it. Yeah. But maybe you mm-hmm. can touch on what you've gotten from the Lord and your study on what a strong local church looks like so we can prepare for this revival. Yeah. Well, strong local church, um, it, it's got to be uh, people, it, it's, it's got to be people, number one, hungry for the presence of God. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, back there in, in Second Chronicles, uh, um, where God said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, 
and turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle of that, he said, my people called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face. I think the first thing is people to get hunger for the presence of God. And, and that's produced by getting into it. That's produced by having the presence of God, leaving room for the presence of God and services. You know, mm. some people aren't going to get that yeah, in their own prayer time. They got to catch it. They got to catch yeah. it. And, uh, you know, strong local church, um, it's, it's going to have to be a strong word base. Strong mm. local church means... It means it's not just a uh, you know wild services. It's great praise and worship, but not that only. There's got to be a good a good basis of the word. Yeah. Everything everything has to has to stem from knowledge of the word of God. Yeah. Now people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. and so you know so a strong local church to me is a, a church that is strong in the word. Uh, I believe strong in prayer, and uh, strong in the presence of God. Hungry. Um, and, uh, you know, just um, uh, as I said, you know, the, the phrase, um, what God's doing today, it's what uh, I heard for years from people that I had great confidence in. What God's doing today is he's building strong local churches that know how to flow with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Just basically means we, a strong local church doesn't flow strictly from, uh, the, hey, we got our service all planned out. We know exactly mm -hmm. what's going to happen at what time. and We know when we're going to start, know when we're going to stop. We, um, there's nothing wrong with that as long as we're willing to bend that if the Spirit of God leads us a different direction. That was the hardest thing for me to learn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, especially when you have multiple services. <laughs> you got to get done at a certain time. Yeah, you've got all that. Um, and, and it doesn't mean you have to throw caution to the wind and go two or three hours mm -hmm. and then you mess up the next the next service where people are coming in and for, for the, the second service. But it just means that, that um, uh, well, like in service here, um, you know, 830 service, you know, just kind of went a direction of what I had stirring, came back in for the uh, 1030 service. And 1030 service was 180 degrees a different direction. Yeah. Didn't have any, didn't know that was coming that way. Um, but I've had a lot of friends over the years that have helped me, encouraged me, be willing, if you just get this nudge to go a different direction, be willing to take it, mm -hmm. be willing to take it. And I finally said, I told God one time, I said, God, I'm glad to do that. But I said, the problem is I, t I follow that nudge and I get out here and I don't know how to get back. Mm -hmm. I, I follow a leading like this and I don't know where I bounced off from. And uh, so you're going to have to help me with that mm -hmm. because... I don't know where to go back to. I'm 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 out on a limb, and I got I don't know anywhere to go. And that's probably been thirty years ago. Oh. And uh, I discovered that if you you know if the spirit of God kind of leads you a little different direction, follow that. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes He's trying to just meet one person's need. Mm -hmm. But if it's helping one person, it's probably going to help everybody. Mm -hmm. And then then probably nine times out of ten, all of a sudden. Then all of a sudden I'm going, oh yeah, I remember where I left from, and I just go back and pick it up. Yeah, you're, I notice that a lot sometimes when you're preaching, you'll go off, and I'm like, this is great, but when are we coming back? And you, the Holy Spirit reminds you like instantly, and you, it's just very cool. I've witnessed that a lot when you've been here. Well, it hasn't always happened, <laughs> but but with a lot of practice, you know, just yeah. you know, if it's necessary to get back. Yeah. Um, uh, 
God's big enough to get you back. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, somebody made the statement one time, said, God, you're smart, I'm smart, let's get this work done together. You know? <laughs> I can't say that. It's I can say God's smart, smart and I'm kind of dumb. But. <laughs> you're smart I'm learning. I'm somewhere I'm about a, an 85 on the IQ scale. We'll get back there. Yeah. Oh, I think it's important to realize the difference between what you said is like leaving room for the Holy Spirit, um, you know, because there's a lot of churches who might you know, check off all those other boxes, uh-huh. but they're not leaving any room. But then there's a there's a, another side in an extreme where you're planning and you're trying to force a move of the Holy Spirit. So yeah. it's like now here's our 15 minute window for God to move, and it doesn't work that way. Um, so you know yeah. it's funny. I think the Holy Spirit kind of ha- you know is is humorous at times because if you're trying to actually plan time for a Holy Ghost meeting, probably isn't going to happen, but <laughs> just true. being sensitive and aware and open to whatever he has and letting your agenda um, yeah. be shifted by the Holy Spirit is very important. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking people may be listening right now. Okay. Like, okay, but I'm not up at the pulpit and I'm, I mean, to flow with the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm sitting in the fourth row on the end of what, what am I going to do to flow with the Holy Spirit? But the congregation has a great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think once once the hunger comes up, there's a temptation to get out in front of it. And I think that might be where yeah. some friction and then can be. But from my I, – I can't say I've been taught it, but just from being in the atmosphere of God, I'm always trying to respond to the Holy Spirit and what's happening, but also kind of keeping one eye on the pastor, seeing if he's there. Because if he's somewhere else or – the Holy Spirit's moving mm-hmm. in a conviction way, and I'm in a joy way. Then I'm not helping. Right. So that's good. how does that's it good. how does it work to follow? Because that's what I do. Even in yeah. I mean, we have corporate prayer this morning, and I can sense a time where I might be getting passionate, praying in tongues, and he's praying in tongues. But then as I notice him waning, I'm going. He's leading the prayer time. I'm going to follow that and lean into the ebb and the flow. That's what a flow is. It ebbs it's, and it flows. That's so good. You know, it's. Um, it, we we don't see the in the Bible God doesn't say for as many as lead the Spirit of God mm-hmm. <laughs> said for as many as are led <laughs> by right. there's a difference yeah you know and, and I think we we've, we've all done that you know we, we uh, fervency you know excitement sometimes zeal without knowledge zeal yeah yeah sometimes you know we, everybody's done that sometimes yeah. you know we just get out ahead a little bit and and uh, I, for me it's always been I'd rather have the Spirit of God dealing with me to come on catch up instead of hey pull back yeah. I'd rather have him ahead of me than me ahead of him. Yeah. He's better at plowing ground, but, yeah. uh, you, you know, That's and then good. you're back to, you know, when you talk about you know, with, with your pastor, um, you know, God works with structured leadership, you know, he mm-hmm. does. And, and, you know, if, if we don't watch it, we get to where we, we miss the, 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 the leadership principle that God has. He, he works, he works like that. And so there's always going to be, you all, everything has to have a head. Everything, if it doesn't have a head, you're in trouble. Right. And like the head of a local church is going to be the pastor. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we come in here to do meetings, but that's great. But the pastor's still the highest authority in the local church. Right. I mean, whatever happens, I'm submitted to the person God's put in the pulpit, the one that's the 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 father of the flock, you know. The, and, and so, um, like you said, it's real easy to get in and go, Ooh, man, I got a real unction to do this or this or this and, and ignore where the pastor is. But that ought to be our, that ought to be our, our, our rudder. You know, where, where's mm. the pastor heading mm. with this instead and not just go, well, I'll just listen. I'm going to watch and learn because he knows more than I do. Right. And so to, to, to be, okay, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I want to get really, 
I'm taking off. I'm going to get really fervent in prayer and all this, yeah. but the pastor seems to be pulling it back to a real quiet place. I'm going to yeah. follow him. Yeah, it's weird because sometimes you can have that fervency, and that fervency you feel like in your own life has one outlet, and it's to shout. Yeah. But you don't lose the fervency. You direct it to what yeah. God's doing in the room. Exactly. Yeah. And the power's still there when you do that. Yeah. But that's yeah. something you got to catch, I feel like. You just got to catch it. it. Yeah. And yeah. how do you catch it? You show up to church and you don't forsake the assembling of yourselves well, together, everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so much the more as we see that day approaching, it's going to mm-hmm. be more and more important the closer we get toward the end of the church age Amen. down here. Yeah. It's going to be more and more important for us to be able to hang around people that. Uh, have they know more than we do? Uh, they've been around God longer than we have. They've been in His presence more than we have. And mm-hmm. in like leadership, pastor, people God's put in charge, forced to be able to hang around and and watch and learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about um, the Holy Spirit working with structure and leadership. And you see, you know, throughout the Bible, you know, the anointing really goes on the head and then down, yeah. you know, you anoint my head with oil. Those anointing processes is always taking place on the head. So if we take that, you know, natural analogy and apply it spiritually, really the yeah. anointing is going to rest upon the head and from the head, it flows down yeah. to the rest of the body. I want to ask you this, not a trick question. Um, <laughs> give me a simple answer. What is the definition of a Holy ghost service? That's a good question. Good and question. It's, a, it's a good question. It needs to be answered. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've been through seasons of uh, almost what you'd call a, a joy revival, mm-hmm. where services were just wild. I mean, people just running and dancing and jumping. And you might you'll have services like that every now and then. But a Holy Ghost service doesn't mean you you do this, you do this, you do this. A Holy Ghost service just means we're going to follow His leading. Yeah, that's really all it's about. And it might be wild. It might be quiet. We might be, you know, we might be shouting. We might be on our face right. praying or whatever. But a Holy Ghost meeting just means he's in charge and we listen. Yeah, that's good. Because I know even last night or uh, Sunday morning, you said I, you weren't planning for it. But you said, you know, I'm feeling impressed, right? That tonight might be a Holy Ghost service. And I think yeah. instantly, you know, half of the congregation is like, all right, it's a drinking service. We're going to get wild. Yeah. And so we we tend to you know have our own narrative of how, of how it's going to go, but really yeah. I like what you said. It's the Holy Spirit's in charge. So a Holy Ghost meeting could be the Holy Spirit leading you throughout the Scripture, and it's a time of teaching. Yeah. Uh, but it's just Him being in charge. So so many times we're like, oh, I want to run, I want to get on my face and just weep. That could totally happen, but yeah. it's Him leading the service. Yeah, and that's um, and that's you know human nature. It's like yeah. and, you know when I said that. In the morning, uh, you know, I just really just want folks to know it's, this is Pentecost. Let's play it. Let's yeah. have a Pentecostal service. But that doesn't mean a specific thing. It just means we're going to let the Spirit of God guide us, which he does every service. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you could you could tell there was this, this okay, we're going to have a right. Holy Ghost drinking service. And, uh, you know, and from the person that was my spiritual daddy, my spiritual yeah. father, I watched him when you could go into services and you could feel, you could feel this uh, pull. People are going, okay, we're going to have a wild meeting tonight. And so I watched that for years. And and every time people would do that, he'd back up and he'd start out teaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. He'd pull back, he'd pull people back to the word and then right. see what would come out of that. Right. The spirit confirms the word. Yeah. So you just, just come back following. and yeah. just teach the word a little bit. 
And then just while you're teaching the word, you just kind of keep your antennas out to see what the Spirit of God's wanting yeah. to do. And that way, the word and the Holy Ghost are leading the service instead of people going, I just, I just want to take a good run around the room. You know? <laughs> right. That may come and it may not. Yeah. I have one more question that I'd like to ask you before we wrap up this podcast. Okay. And you had just mentioned about being around people who've been in the presence of God longer than you, who've experienced more than you, and learning from them. And you've mentioned that uh, Brother Hagen was someone who was very important to your faith yes. walk and your learning process. And from what I observe, you minister in a similar way to him. And one of the things that you use a lot is testimony and stories. And yeah. I think that's really powerful. And I just, I think people, two things, I think it's important to know the history and it's also important to mark down when God moves in your life, mm -hmm. because I believe those stories really set an atmosphere. Yeah. Would you mind sharing? Is that something you picked up from him or it just came straight from the Holy Spirit? But I so value the testimonies yeah. you share while you minister. Uh, probably, I probably learned most of that from him um, because that's just, uh, it, you know, if you go back through just the history of, of the world and, and, you know, my wife and I have gone, we've been done missions for, for 43 years, something wow. like that. And, um, uh, and when you start going to places, um, you know, most of ours in the past 20 years, 20, 30 years has been in central to Southern Europe. It's, it's, it's Western civilization. Sometimes you get into more of a third world culture. Um, uh, depending on where you go, you'll find that a lot of times, um, you know, you go into where, where you've got maybe in uh, tribal areas or something like that. And the leaders always teach by, uh, stories mm. and people never forget them. You might forget scriptures. I know people, I've had people tell me, I ne I cannot remember scripture. I can't, the only one I know is Jesus wept. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Shortest verse in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And everybody knows that one. And, right. you know, but I've had people say, I can't remember any scripture, but if you, if you tell them a story, they can come back in 10 years and tell you exactly what you said. Right. Yeah. Something about that because it appeals not only to the spirit, but it appeals to the mind too. Mm -hmm. And your mind grabs, when you got two parts out of three, your spirit <laughs> and your soul that have taken that stories. And so, um, um, you know, it's, uh, stories just seem to be, they're these eternal things. And uh, somebody once said, stories are like, um, uh, like the windows into a subject. Mm -hmm. You look at a subject, you try to learn it, can't seem to get a hold of it. So people start telling you stories and you go, Oh, somebody just swung the windows open. I get it now. Right. It's yeah. easier to get. Well, I think it's proof that the Bible works too. Yeah. Because then you don't just say, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says, and this is how it happened here. Yeah, it's true. So boom, it's proof yeah. that it's working and effectual and it's living. Yeah. yeah. It stirs up a bunch of faith in the listeners. It I mean, does. I think about Revelation 19.10 says that uh, testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And you, mm -hmm. you tell those testimonies, it literally means do it again. You're prophesying. Um, and people can use those and prophesy over their own lives that God's going to do this for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's super important. Those, those testimonies encouraging a spirit of faith, um, in the listeners. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it really does. It's, it's such living examples. Um, is it, well, yeah, if God did that for them and he's yeah. no respect to persons, then I'm next in line. Yeah. And I'm I'm, so the story's just, it, it gives you something to, to, uh, lock your faith on. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. I got one more question um, for you before you wrap up. I know you just said that, but um, I'm just thinking, you know, about revival and you've been teaching about it for a number of years. And I, I think about, 
you know, the book of Hebrews and we look at like the hall of faith and it says, you know, all these, these great um, people of faith died, not having obtained the promise. And I think about you having taught on it for a number of years, we see glimpses of it, but we haven't really hit that place of revival yet. How do you not get discouraged and continue in that fervency and in, in your message of preaching about revival, even though we haven't seen it, how do you not get discouraged? Uh, you have to work at it. You know, you, everybody's human, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you have to go, okay, Lord, we, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, do you plan on really to do anything <laughs> in my lifetime about this? But, um, you know, my goodness, you go back through and, and again, you know, mentioned brother Hagen and I was around him in some capacity for oh, 30 years. And, yeah. um, I heard him, uh, especially in later years, I heard him he'd teach certain things or, or talk about certain things, predict certain things. Well, then he went and he went home to heaven and uh, got his reward. But, but he sowed so much into the next generation that, you know, he finished what he had. Um, You know, Elijah had to do everything he did, but then he passed that mantle on to Elisha. He went out and worked twice as many miracles. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes you Mm -hmm. just have to go, man, you know, uh, payday doesn't come every Friday. It's like, you know, you can't <laughs> say, well, you know, God's going to do this in my lifetime. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But um, you have to keep yourself encouraged a little bit on that, um, especially when things seem to go a little different direction. Mm-hmm. When a lot of times, a lot of facets of the church world have kind of backed away from that uh, for a period of time. And you have to keep yourself encouraged. But, you know, a lot of things, um, you just, number one, you just preach them because the Bible says it. Isaiah yeah. 44, I'll pour water upon the thirsty, I'll flood the dry ground. Um, and we could go on to a lot of verses, but you just you just preach. I mean, I'd preach healing if I never saw anybody get healed. Because the word says it. Because the word says it. Yeah. If I, never, if I never, and I did, I preached healing. I preached healing, prayed for the sick for a long time before I saw much of anything happen. You just do it because the Bible says it. Mm-hmm. And if you hit the end of your race and you go, you know, I was, I stayed in my lane. I just, uh, this is my lane. This is my message. I preached it and uh, it's not up to me to bring it to pass. It's just my, my job to declare it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and if, if I, if I leave, then the word's still out there. It was preached. It was prayed. Somebody will pick it up, run with it. And maybe the next generation will get it. That's good. Well, I think we're, we're about winding down. We're getting to the point where we would share our wisdom of the day. I want to open this up for you. Um, I know this was unscripted, but maybe you came in thinking, you know, I really like to share this. If there's something that you haven't shared yet and you'd love to share it with the listeners, or you can reflect back on something that was already said, you maybe use that as your wisdom of the day. I think probably the most important thing was when we, we kind of landed a while ago on Romans eight fourteen. for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It's, you know, it's not, it's not something you attain to by being a spiritual giant something that's inherent in you by being a child of God. Mm-hmm. The minute the minute you make Jesus Lord of your life, you have the capacity to always be led. Doesn't matter what happens, doesn't matter how big or how small it is. There's always the ability to say, Lord, I just need to know what to do. Holy Ghost, you're my teacher. Yeah. You're my guide. You you lead me, you guide me. And then learn to that listening on the inside. So I don't understand it, but I got this I got this gut feeling. I've just got this, this yeah. something on the inside and learn to follow that. 
And if you miss it, don't beat yourself up. It's in your spiritual genetics. It is. It is. Exactly. Yeah, it's your DNA. Yeah. I would, I'm just going to second that. My wisdom of the day, I I love the uh, living example, the spiritual testimony that you gave of T.L. Osborne. And you know what I sense is a spirit of humility on that too. For him to go, you know, the Lord told me, and then to go, you know what? That's not exactly it. I'm going to say I was impressed. And I love the terminology, inward witness. I've just heard it ever since I was nine years old. And sometimes it loses a little flavor and I want to taste something else. And I think saying impression is another way to pick that up and draw a lot of light from it because we've all experienced it Mm -hmm. because it's in our spiritual DNA. So two aspects. Don't miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. And when you sense something from God, don't put the spectacular on it to sound like somebody else's testimony. Say it like it is because it'll help someone. That was yeah. that was basically mine as well. I mean, I loved that by T.L. Osborne being impressed by the Spirit and not um, putting God in a box to speak to you a certain way. And just thinking about the Old Testament, you know, the Spirit didn't live within anybody yet. So he kind of had to use some external measures. Exactly. Um, but now he does live on the inside of us. Yeah. So we look for him to lead us in a different way. But I like what you said. Um, he never really, He never promised to speak to you. He promised to lead you. Um, so that could help a lot of people stop waiting for the audible voice and just be in tune with your spirit and the inward witness and those impressions. And it'll take you a long way. It will. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And it's always our practice to uh, let the guests pray us out. So would you mind praying us out, Pastor Mark? Sure. Father, we love you so much. You're, you're just so good to us. You've done so much for us. And thank you that you, you've so honored us by not just being with us, but being in us. And I thank you that everybody listening out there, every, every born-again believer, uh, has you living on the inside. And one of the jobs you do is you'll guide our lives. And we're thankful that we've got a, we've got a built-in compass. Uh, we'll never have to lose our way. So I pray for everybody listening out there that they'll get more and more sensitive to these inward nudges uh, on the inside that further they go, the, the, the easier it'll be to listen to that and the clearer that will be. I pray for them in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, that was a pleasure. You're a scholar and a gentleman, sir. And hopefully... It won't be three years until you come back because we'd love to have you back on this podcast. And I think we probably only pulled on maybe 10% of what you have in you. <laughs> so we're looking to pull maybe maybe a little bit more next time. But I, I loved every minute of that. So we really appreciate you being on this podcast. Thank you. It's an honor. Bless him. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well, so thank you. we'll be back next week. And hopefully Pastor Mark will be back soon as well on yeah. the Sewing Growing Podcast with J&J. Yeah.